Are you ready? Yeah. Are you with it? Yeah. Okay, let's go. You know what to do. The whole world's watching and counting on you. And all you people listening out there, everybody, everywhere. Hang on, hang on, hang on! Welcome to Checkered Past, a loving postmodern examination of the Go-Go Check branded comic magazines published by DC Comics between February 1966 and August 1967. I'm Dr. Bob, and each week I'll be your guide on this trippy tour through 535 mid-century masterpieces of graphic noveldom. This week, Doom Patrol numbers 105 and 106. Cover dates, August and September 1966. Cover prices, 12 cents. Cover artist, Bob Brown. Edited by Murray Boltonoff. Featuring Honeymoon of Terror, written by Arnold Drake, art by Bruno Premiani. And Blood Brothers, written by Arnold Drake, art by Bruno Premiani. Are you ready? Are you with it? Then away we go-go! Welcome to the world of love and laughter, baby. Welcome to the sunshine of a brand new Despite her marriage to Mento, Elastigirl nevertheless joins her Doom Patrol teammates and Beast Boy in investigating a mystery source of radioactivity, and they uncover a new scheme by the atomic criminal Mr. 103. Meanwhile, Elastigirl discovers the truth behind Galtry's schemes to embezzle from Beast Boy's inheritance. Worried? Don't be. I'll be right back with Dr. Husband to explain everything. Somewhere out in the world there is a gal for me I'd like to find and make you mine How happy we would be We wouldn't need a moonlight night To sit outdoors and spoon Cause I would buy a rocket ship And take you to the moon We would have our honeymoon On the rocket ship We would fly from star to star On our wedding trip You can make your wedding gown Out of a big moon Stardust in your hair, you'd be a perfect dream. Testing, oh, testing, on. testing, one, testing, testing, testing. One, two, three. Is it okay yet? Well, I'm just in a mood for testing since we have oh. such a scientific-minded <laughs> issue this week. That tell that dog to shut up. By the way, shall I close the door completely? No, it's fine. Okay. Why bother with distracting noises now after 132 episodes? My goodness. Uh, my sinuses are killing me. I'm sorry, I'm on my second cup of iced coffee this afternoon because, as you know, on Sunday afternoons, I like to take a nap. Yes, and, um, and I prevent that Yes, I'm by so, involving you in my harebrained scheme. I'm feeling a little shaky, actually. Why? <laughs> From the caffeine. Oh. Not dangerously. It's like, I'm definitely going to go for a run after this. Fun. Yeah, burn off some of this caffeine. I'm definitely not going for a run. I, yeah, yeah. Um, Doom Patrol, as you recall... In our last Doom Patrol episode, Rita Farr, a.k.a. Elastigirl, married Mento, a.k.a. Uh, Steve Dayton, fifth richest man in the world. Fifth richest man. And Bad a choice. swell guy. Yeah, he's a dick. Dick, yeah. To put it mildly. Yeah. 
Uh, nevertheless, they are married, and they're about to go on their honeymoon. Uh, is that really their... Uh, is that how it ended? The last... Uh, the last uh, yeah. Issue? Okay. It was a big wedding okay. issue last time. I remember it was a wedding, I just, uh, but I just didn't remember. Everyone it. was there. Superman, mm. Wonder Woman, Aquaman. Wow. The Super Hip was there. Okay. Uh, from Bob Hope Comics. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, but here we see that the return of that Encyclopedia of Evil, Mr. 103, threatens the DP newlyweds on a honeymoon of terror. Okay. I was admonished by listener a couple of weeks ago. We were wondering how many elements there were. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was admonished for not mentioning Encyclopedia of Evil, Mr. 103. Okay. Who... At the time, there were only 103 elements known to man. Okay. And he can turn into all of them. All of them, as we'll see. Yes. Many of them. Yes. Elastigirl is gone, Rob, because it's the 60s, and when a woman marries, she has to leave her career. What's wrong with that? Leaving your career? (laughs) I can see a lot. Nothing's wrong with it if you want to do it, but clearly she doesn't. Yeah, unfortunately, people can't do that anymore. No. It seems hard to believe that the wonderful girl robot man calls old Stretch Socks has left Doom Patrol headquarters. But she's a married woman now, and married girls don't have time to fool around with death rays and flying saucers and floating brains and... Or do they? I dare say if you're married to the fifth richest man in the world, you have plenty of time on your hands. Yeah, it's not like she's going to have another job. No. Although her job is being Elastigirl. Although I wonder if she gets paid for that. I'm assuming they live rent-free in the mansion of the chief. Sure. Yes, this is the Doom Patrol, Rob. The way out outcasts who each survived a fantastic fate to become the famous Fabulous Freaks. We get a little recap of the origin stories of Mm -hmm. each of the Doom Patrol members. Elastigirl, Robot Man, Negative Man, and the chief. And then their filthy rich ally, Mento. Yes, uh, Steve Dayton, fifth richest man in the world, as we've mentioned several times, and Rita's husband. Nobody knows what Rita sees in him, besides being rich as Rockefeller, handsome as Cary Grant, and able to lift an elephant with one magnified thought wave. Well, I know why Rita's glad to be out of the Doom Patrol headquarters. Because it's a environment full of juvenile delinquents. All they do is scream at each other. Yeah, kind of like those um, robot people. The metalmen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Robot Man and... Neg- That's hard to do. Robot Man. There Negative you go. Man. Uh, Robot Man has just ripped a newspaper out of Negative Man's hand. Mm-hmm. And uh, Negative Man responds by loosing his negative energy form and knocking Robot Man to the ground. Right. Uh, they fight, fight, fight. In comes the chief. I know you boys both miss Rita. So do I. But must you act like a pair of nasty brats the moment she leaves? Right. Well, they acted like that before. They did. As any longtime reader will know. But with Rita around, I'm sure she was able to buffet some of the uh, distraction and the behaviors of what they were engaged Are in. Are you kidding me? She screamed the loudest. <laughs> By the way, I just want to say this is in, in, in these two issues. Yes. To see this position with, uh, the, with Robotman. Uh, on top of negative men's negative form on top of him, like yeah. some robot man down, uh-huh. being strangled. Yeah. That happens to him several times in these two issues. Between the two of them or just with different Between, assailants? Robot man needs to really consider his, uh, his fighting style. 
I mean, he's all brute and no brains. Right. And he finds himself in this... Oh, but this... he's no one brain, his human brain locked well, inside his head. Yes, but uh, he'll find himself in this vulnerable position frequently over these two uh, issues. I wonder what his skin is like, because he doesn't have any visible joints. Is it like Barbie skin and all the joints are underneath? Ooh, Ew. Right? Ew. But no, because it's metal, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like a metal Barbie skin. Hmm. My mother always said Barbie looked like a streetwalker. So my sister's Barbie had a closet full of clothes, knitted, yes. crocheted, modest, modest clothes. clothing. Yes, um, it was delightful to see. Have you ever looked up modest swimsuits online? Yes. Why do you ask? <laughs> Just when you use the word modest, it reminded me of that. Um, unfortunately, GI Joe. Here, if you've never done that, it's worth just to take a look. It's funny. Uh, G.I. Joe, which was my toy, which I could have cared less about because uh, who wants to play with G.I. Joe when you've got Mego Wizard of Oz dolls laying around? <laughs> anyway, G.I. Joe, talking G.I. Joe, got dunked into water one day and so thereafter spoke Vietnamese. So <laughs> he had unfortunately defected to the Viet Cong and he kidnapped Barbie to be his jungle war bride. Oh, Really? And that was the end of Barbie. And trust me, she didn't wear modest clothes in the jungle. Oh, no. Nope. It's, it's too hot for that. Mm-hmm. At the same moment as this fight is happening in Doom Patrol headquarters... I don't know. Lou Lin was able to wear relatively modest clothes. Uh, yes, in the... Uh, I can never remember that guy's name. Captain... Captain Hunter. Hunter. Captain... Uh, I'm literally reading your lips and trying to say Captain, this. Captain... No, Lieutenant, Lieutenant Hunter. Hunter. No, Lieutenant was Dan. Lieutenant Hunter Lieutenant that, Hunter. The that fight, fight devil dog? Devil-like dog? We'll get back to that. that. Stop Stop it. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. ahead. That adventure is not over yet, as you know. There's still Lu Lin is leading him through the jungle. Yes. For all he knows to his death. But that'll come up in another week. (laughs) Meanwhile, Steve Dayton and Rita are enjoying their first morning as a married couple. He brings her an orchid. Just a small gesture for having delayed that honeymoon, I promised you. He's going oh, to the office. Oh, they haven't gone on their honeymoon. No, he's going to the office on a Sunday. That's what I thought about, yeah. Because otherwise, he might not be the fifth richest man. He might slip to sixth or eighth. And you'd be ashamed of me, Rita. And so, is it Osman? Osman. Osman is their is butler. Uh, valet. Their valet. Nope. I don't know. I don't know. What's the difference? Well, okay. Um. How's, no. Butler. What? Butler. Butler. He's their butler. The, uh... Breakfast cart seems to be stuck on the carpeting or something, so Rita stretches her hand giant to help him out. Just picks it right up. He's astonished. Now, we're going to start seeing signs of strife. Now, they, the, they mu- the servants must know of well, her. Well, yes, she's a public figure. Yes. Um, now, Steve's uh, griping at her because she's using her powers in the house. Just like uh, Bewitched or Genie. Bewitched, yes. I dream um, Genie. Because women need to be subjugated. I was just reading something about this today. It's because of uh, after World War II, mm-hmm. you know, all the women went to work. Right. And when the boys came back from the war, hundreds, millions of women were laid off immediately. Yes. Okay. To allow the boys to take the jobs back. Okay. And that's why the 50s happened, because they were trying to enforce normality back onto the nation. 
by encouraging women to stay home. You mean the sort of uh, televised idealism of, yep. of American, the American family, the woman stayed home? Yep, exactly. Wow. It was all a ruse. Well, I mean, generally the women were staying at home before World War II. Well, yes, but once they got a taste of working, making their own money, yeah. they were just happy to keep on doing it. Sure. Till the lousy husbands came well, and fouled it all Well, you think about what, the, what it would take to be, okay, so you're, it's in the 1940s and 50s, right? Yep. World War II is going on. And if, in order for the women to work, they've got to figure out a way to run the household, uh, raise the kids, feed them, keep things going while they're also working. Right. Yeah. So, and and the men are gone. Yeah. So they uh, relied on their extended networks, their their in laws, their sisters, cousins, or whatever. And they would all basically, let's say, if you had a couple kids, you'd find a way to have the kids looked after and watched, um, and keep the house going. And it's a very resourceful time. And this, since the entire country's engaged, well, hell, the whole world's engaged in 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 some form of transition or some form of of um of dealing with the war, right? But in, in America, of course, it hadn't come to our soil, mm-hmm. except, of course, you know, Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor. Yeah. But it hadn't come to the mainland soil. So the whole nation is engaged in this effort to support the war. So, of course, the culture shifts, and everybody can find help to help take care of the, you know, the kids and run the house and such. So I imagine it would be a tremendous shift for women post-war to find themselves back in the home, to find themselves doing the thing, to find themselves without agency, to mm-hmm. you know, to just to, to, to do what the men uh, wanted them to do, right, right, yeah, it's a tremendous shift. And then, uh, of course, after that will come the women's liberation movement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lady Lib, we call that mm-hmm. in the sixties, mm-hmm. which would have the lady the women's lib movement followed immediately after the civil rights movement. In the 60s, right? Well, sorry, yeah. I mean, I'm women's literally swung into its great power during the late 60s, early 70s, yes. right? Yes. And then, of course, the civil rights movement, uh, you know, obviously is 1965, is like the sort of watershed moment for the civil rights movement. But we're, we still deal with like five years of riots uh, mm-hmm. all over the country related to the assassinations of uh, JFK, Bobby Kennedy, um, uh, Martin, Martin Luther King, King Jr., and of course, um, oh, I'm forgetting somebody very, very important. Malcolm X. Malcolm X. Thank you very much. Yeah. So, well, anyway. that's all the time we have for this week. I'm kidding. Yeah, thanks for my armchair history <laughs> lesson, folks. Thanks for indulging me on that. It just, I think it's fascinating. It is. Yeah. I'll try to find that Twitter thread thread for you that I was reading okay. earlier. Yeah. So uh, she gets admonished for helping out uh, with with the butler trying to bring breakfast, and yes. then we s- then go to a moment where she's saying goodbye to her husband at work, and and the uh, man who's bricking up the chimney or laying tile. Oh, on the I roof see. They're actually something. in. They're in their house. Oh yeah. I thought she had gone with him to work. And the, oh, no. the man who was doing the work on the chimney was actually at the workplace. But I see, it's at the house. Right. Nonetheless, he's working on a Sunday. Indeed. Not only is Steve Dayton, Maybe but the poor manual job. laborer. Oh, that could be. He's doing it on the side. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. We've often benefited from contractors that, that come and work sure. you know, on, as their second job. Anyway, he's falling to his death. Mm-hmm. So uh, Rita uses her powers to grow giant and catch him. Of course. And then he pouts. Yeah. Steve, that's his name, right? Steve. 
I'd, I let you down again, didn't I, Steve? Acting like a freak. Rita, stop it. Stop it. Don't even start with that I let you down again shit. Stop it. But really, sweetie, I couldn't let the poor man fall, could I? No, skip it. I'll just have to get used to this kind of thing. You're damn right you will. This is like that asswipe Darren Stevens. Yes, in Bewitched. Whose job has been saved how many times? Mm. How many episodes of Bewitched are there? 150? His job has been saved 150 times by Samantha's witchcraft. You know, I watched a few minutes of a a Bewitched episode last night. You did? Early. Black and white. Uh I think she was in her maternity clothes before she had um, Tabitha. Tabitha, how exciting. I just was just enthralled. I could watch the whole show from start to finish. Same. And I have more than once. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you know that all the witches' names... On bewitched and then the letter A. Uh, that makes sense uh, with the because uh, usually A ending names, not usually, but that makes sense that they would unify them that way uh, with a, uh, an, a feminine ending. Well, yes, but it could have been any feminine ending. It didn't have to be the letter A. That was their stylistic choice. Good for them. Um, and as we learned yesterday, female names in Latvia. And, and in, in the letter A, a or e. e or E, yes. Even their last name, like yeah. if they get married to someone with a with a masculine with a masculine name, they then the feminize man, it. The man's wife uh, name ends in O, uh-huh. and the woman's last name ends in A. Mm-hmm. Fascinating, isn't it? Fascinating. And what yes. else did we learn about birthdays? And Oh, well, in Latvia, people have not only a birthday, but also a naming day. So they have special calendars printed that, like, if your name is Robert, Mm -hmm. like ours is, Mm -hmm. like, June 17th is your naming day. Is your name day. So you could have a birthday, and then you have a special day where you get gifts, which is your naming day. Yes. And they have one day a year reserved for everyone who doesn't have a traditional Latvian name. Yes. Mm -hmm. That would be terrible, to have to celebrate your name day with... The rest of the country. What's so terrible about it? Because you don't have a special day for your own name. It's just like leftover day. Okay, well, I agree to disagree. Oh, okay. I mean, they have birth. They actually celebrate birthdays. Yes. And naming days. Yes. And uh, holidays. You know, Christian Christmas. Sure, sure, sure. Whatever. Yeah. I I just I would want my own name day. I'd have to invent it if it didn't already exist. Anyway, Rita's going shopping because she's a woman. On a Sunday, the butler thinks, extraordinary. I don't think there's anything extraordinary about that, but this is an Well, I actually comic. do because uh, in these days there would have been blue laws in the nation where you weren't allowed to buy certain things on a Sunday. You could only buy very essential, like, food. And so so department stores weren't open on oh, Sundays? Oh, no. Heavens no. Really? No, yes. I think you could buy, like undergarments or something but oh of course what am i thinking about uh, not not to drive not to drive this point too too hard uh to drive this point home too much but i'm sitting here thinking well women work during the week they don't work during the week they would shop during the week sure. sunday is the day for going to church and being at home and you know resting, resting. unless you're a woman when you're making a big dinner for everyone of course well larry and cliff Robot and the negative men mm-hmm. are heading out for action in their new jet car. 120 miles an hour, from zero to 120 in 10 seconds flat. Yes. So I just want to share something. Yes, please. Um, this is related to the comic. 
Oh. So, no, absolutely related to the comic. Okay. So, I just want to tell you that with my new motorcycle, which is new to me, it's yes. an excellent shape. Yes. It's a 2014 yes. Victory Cross Country 8-Ball. It has a huge engine. Yes. Six speeds. Yes. And the 0 to 60 is so fantastic it is just like that mother effort just takes off it is such a joy to ride i'll never know because i'm never going to ride a motorcycle yeah um but uh what do you know rita has stowed away in the back seat of the jet car mm-hmm. and she's changing into her action costume right there in the back seat eyes front boys meanwhile as Larry is explaining that the chief developed a super Geiger counter, which can detect radioactivity, even minor radioactivity at great distances. So they are heading off to find the source of radioactivity that the chief has discovered. And here comes Beast Boy. They're being trailed by Beast Boy. Now tell me a little bit about Beast Boy, please. Will he become a member of the Doom Patrol eventually? Uh, I don't believe officially. Okay. Of course, he will become a member of the Teen Titans in mm. the 1980s under the name Changeling. Okay. I hope I explained that I'm drinking iced coffee. You know. did, okay. yes. Uh, now, you know that Beast Boy has green skin. Yeah, I do. You also notice that he has a full head purple mask. Yeah, what's up with that? Well, as I recall, the world knows of him as... Garfield Logan, who has green skin because of a childhood accident. So he's trying to hide his identity of his green skin by wearing a full-face purple mask. But when he changes into different forms, his... His, his, his green his, face and hair dis- show. Yeah, his, I would say his costume disappears. Right. So uh, he's racing after the jet car. He has no chance to catch it unless he becomes a spiny-tailed swift. Fastest, fastest living, living thing, thing on, on Earth. Earth. Also known as the white throated needle tail. It is uh, reputed to reach speeds of up to 170 miles an hour in horizontal flight. No, sorry, kilometers per hour. But this is unverified because the methods used to measure its speed have not been published. Huh. Well, they have been published right here in Doom Patrol number 105. This bird catches up and overtakes the jet car and then unfortunately gets sucked into the Air, Air exchange, yes, yeah. uh, which breaks the car so they have to get out and open the hood. And there they find disheveled uh, bird thing with a human face and well, head. Thank God he's still alive. I know. Right? What if What if the comic had ended there? They pull out Beast Boy and he's dead. And then he's dead in the form of a bird. Yes. And they put him in a little box, <laughs> a little box and bury him in the park. Or what if in a panic he changed into an elephant or something inside the car and everyone was killed? Right. Would spare us all a lot of pain. Uh, so Rita gripes him out because he was reckless. Anyway, off they go. The I four think she of cares them. for him a little bit. Oh, do you? Wait, do you see what's coming up? Um, they find the source of the radiation is in the Smith Brothers warehouse, which is empty, except for a heating vent on the floor which garfield slithers into in the form of a snake he says hey here's something a circular staircase under the floor it runs down into the earth i mean way down i'm coming back so he backs up 
Yeah. And they try to figure out how they're going to get into the circular staircase. And then they go, they discover something that is the lever, the contraption that opens up the ground to allow them to get in, which is really, in my opinion, stupid. Did you, first of all, the way that the trapdoor is discovered is because Robotman sees a window with a Venetian blind and a window shade. Uh huh. Why both? Well, that wouldn't strike me necessarily as unusual. No. You might want a darkening shade. Of course. Venetian blinds let light in. Anyway, he pulls the shade. That's what trips the trapdoor. Yeah. And down they go. Now, here's my other problem I have. Mm-hmm. To light the way, Beast Boy changes himself into a swarm of fireflies. Can he do that? Can he separate himself into individual insects or individual animals? Well, or? I he did it before when they teamed up with the Challengers of the Unknown. And became a school he, of fish. School of fish. And now he's... But I just don't see how that's possible. I don't think it's happened since the 60s. I've, he's turned into a single bug. Right. But not a whole swarm of... Yeah, what happens if you kill one of them? Right. Do you kill him? Exactly. Yeah. Where is his consciousness? It's a collective consciousness. If he had turned himself into a swarm of bees... Yes. ...or a swarm of ants... Yes. ...I might have said, oh, collective consciousness through chemical and, and, and uh, chemical interactions or communication through tapping or whatever, you know, that's a collective consciousness. Yes, but how a does he hive. split the matter of his body... Yeah, I have no idea. And by the way, lightning bugs don't do that. Right. They don't swarm like that. And they don't light up a room. Hell no. You'd have to have millions of them. He could have become one of those uh, deep sea fish with the light bulb antennas hanging on their face. Flopping around on the staircase as he's falling down as he's lighting up the staircase. (laughs) Whoa, 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 whoa. Right? I mean, doesn't Cliff have eyes that might be able to radiate light? You would think so. Or mm. what's that thing on his chest with the giant light in the middle of it? It's a it's a television transistor. Anyway, mm-hmm. they uh, descend and discover the Batcave is beneath. It's not really the Batcave, but it looks a lot like. Lots mm. of trophies around and a comfy fireplace, a grand piano, a statue of Shiva. Would you like to live in a cave? Uh, I mean, if it was a cave like this that was well lit and uh, no natural of, lighting, full of priceless art. Well, you could surely put in a skylight or something. Or have a cage with a swarm of fireflies in it. Or just don't live in a cave. Cave. Well, that I probably won't. So they're in there and they said, Hoo-wee, wait till you get a load of this. Looks like somebody lost the lobby. Uh, yeah, it looks like somebody lost the lobby of the Hilton Hotel in a coal mine. Uh, so they start investigating. Cliff finds a corridor leading out of the cave and he is zapped. Right. By electricity. He pulls himself away from the bolts of energy, uh, and the chief pipes in. Mm -hmm. From his portable TV unit. Yes, he's getting the whole picture uh, from Cliff's portable TV unit, and he tells them they have to get down on all floors to crawl under the electric shock Mm -hmm. thing. They move deeper into the tunnel, and they encounter uh, some kind of a digging machine with a laser at the front of it, boring which is through. Boring the... through. Now I have a. I take issue with this. Yes. What is it? Well, it's this tank with a laser that's cutting a hole large enough and wide enough for the tank driver to go through. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. 
Um, matter can be altered, but matter cannot be absolutely destroyed. Right. It must change form. And so therefore, whatever he's displacing yes. in these great amounts yes. through this transformational technology yes. would no doubt have some sort of effect on the biological processes of the people that are behind the tank. What if he's just vaporizing the rock? And if he's taking rock and vaporizing it, there will be metals and gases released into the air. Yes. Which would no doubt poison them. Notice that the person operating the tank is wearing a filter mask. Yes. Yes. Well, um, he's not a freak like the rest of the Doom Patrol. Okay. They have special freak powers which allow them to breathe poisonous metals and gases without harm. Okay. As everyone knows. Well. Suddenly, he swings this laser around and aims it right at the Doom Patrol. Negative man. If it can cut through rock like that, you know it can cut through flesh and metal. Oh, yes. Negative man takes off, creates a distraction, and zaps into the machine and uh, Breaks breaks it. Off comes the gas mask of the villain. To reveal Mr. 103, who is ugly. Very ugly. Uh, Mr. 103 first appeared in Doom Patrol number 98, which described him as John Dubrovny, a brilliant biochemist who suffered a mental collapse. He has the power to change any part of his body into any of the known elements, which at that time were 103. Mm-hmm. So he first changes his body into a shell of lead that's filled with helium, and he floats over to Negative Man and then turns his hand into liquid lead and covers Negative Man in lead, which, as you remember, Rob, Negative Man cannot release his negative form through lead. Right. Um, so is Mr. 103... Yeah. Releasing part of himself. Oh, here we go. And his 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 atoms. Yes. His makeup. Yes. Onto negative man, and therefore leaving negative man coated. It would be like peeling off your skin to put over someone. Uh-huh. You'd still, you know, you wouldn't have your skin anymore. Right. You have to lose something to. You have to lose something of yourself to leave something on someone else. Correct. Right? How many times have I heard that? (laughs) (laughs) Don't make this ugly. Now, he goes for uh, Elastigirl and Beast Boy by turning his hands into nitrous oxide, a.k.a. laughing gas. Have you ever had laughing laughing gas? I don't think that I have. I did one time. What, at the dentist or something? And I was a full-fledged adult. Wow. I was over 30, I think. Were you giddy with glee? Well, the thing is, I was having a, I have a crown. Yeah, I've never had a crown. And it's a, it's a kind of an extensive procedure to get a crown. Yes, that, it was the talent competition that got you that, wasn't oh. it? <laughs> <laughs> and um, I don't like going to the dentist, but I go twice a year. And um, anyway, I was so nervous. Uh, they had shot me up with lots of Novocaine. And my, I was so nervous and my heart was beating so fast that my adrenaline was going and I was metabolizing the, the Novocaine 
faster than they could do the procedure. Oh. And they said, you need to relax. And I said, I'm doing the best I can. And the, the, the hygienist or whatever who was working then I said, would you like some gas? And I said, I've... <laughs> I said, I don't know. Would that help? And he said, have you never had it? And I said, no. And he said, oh, you're in for a treat. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, I mean, you stay awake, right. right? So he gave me some more Novocaine. Yep. Gave me the gas. Yep. And it was like, they use it for kids, right? So it might have had like, the way I remember it, it was like an, a pig's nose or something. Like, uh-huh. like, a, like, a, like an animal <laughs> character's nose. You know, it's, it was something silly. And they put it over him and I breathed. He said, just take a couple deep breaths. I breathed it in. And it was like instantly relaxed. Nice. It was fantastic, and and you do you do find everything funny, uh-huh. you know, and you're laughing and they're working on your mouth, and you're like, ah. <laughs> you know, laughing and stuff. And I remember saying to the dentist, "Please, may I take some of this home with me?" And he said, "No, I'm sorry, you can't." I said, "Oh, that's too bad. This is great. I've been to get it at Walmart. They'll sell you anything okay. over the counter." Now, Mister One Hundred Three turns in. Oh, and it smelled like bubblegum last time. Oh, I was going to ask if yeah, it yeah. smelled like yeah. yeah. Um, he turns himself into jellied gasoline. Ooh, it's as bad. It's going to be bad, folks. Splashes some more of his body around the cave so that uh, everything will catch on fire and robot men won't be able to pursue him. I think I need to let go of this idea of if you're going to release some of your mass, you mm-hmm. it has to, you know, like, it's going to affect you because... There's no way it in this sort of uh, universe that I'm trying to conceive of these these math these these scientific principles that he can do the, what he does next, which is turns himself into a paper kite and flies off on the air from the heat that he's generated from the flames that he's thrown around right. in the room. You know, no, I like I have to just let go of it. A paper kite with little arms folded in front of him. <laughs> anyway, he escapes later at Doom Patrol headquarters. Uh, they are lamenting the fact that they were made to look like fools by Mr. 103. And apparently, Mr. 103 has escaped from the mental institution where he'd been confined. But what is he after, Rob? Well, the tunnel he was digging could have brought him up beneath the library, the Museum of Science, and a high school. But why? Maybe he's just crazy about good books. Ha, ha, ha. So later, back at the mansion... Mm -hmm. Steve is forbidding Rita to remain with the Doom Patrol. Now, do you th- it's not that he doesn't want her to work or doesn't want her engaged in something. He doesn't want her to hang out with and work with the Doom Patrol. Because he's jealous because they wouldn't let him be a member. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Um, but he's considered an ally. Kind of. It says so on the splash page. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> But they don't like him. Okay. Nor do they like Beast Boy. So uh, Rita says, uh, I'm not giving up my duties with the Doom Patrol. Steve says, well, let's go on our honeymoon now because I've taken the day off tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you suppose they're going to go for a day? Well, in their, they're going to go to the Greek Isles Wherever in his yacht. In their private jet or whatever. Um, oh, that's Rita, right. Y- y- yacht trip. Yeah. Yes. Rita says she's not leaving town until Mr. 103 is taken care of. And you'll just have to understand. The next day, they head to the Museum of Science to see if they can figure out what Mr. 103 is after. Mm-hmm. They do mention a gun that the chief developed that 
is how they defeated Mr. 103 in the past. Mm-hmm. So uh, they have the gun with them. They head into the museum, and they discover that there is a meteorite there, which landed on Earth 60 years ago. It may have come from our solar system or somewhere else. Suddenly, a crash comes through the ceiling. Yes. A plane with a man face on it. It is, yes. of course, Mr. 103. It's Mr. 103. And he said, I guess he was listening from outside as he was cr- crashing down through the ceiling because he finishes the sentence, or it may be a wanderer from some distant system containing elements as unknown to our word world, which is exactly what it is. Beast Boy takes after his wings in the form of woodpecker, uh, which backfires because Mr. 103 catches his arm on fire, turns it into flaming sulfur, and Beast Boy uh, has a, what do you call that? A hot foot, but on his ass. <laughs> nice. His uh, rear end is on fire, listener. Mm-hmm. Robot Man goes in for a punch. Mr. 103 turns his jaw out of lead, and Robot Man rushes him, but he turns into neon. Neon gas. Very good. And Robot Man plunges helplessly through. Mr. 103 is really good at changing instantaneously yeah. in combat. You know who could take some lessons? Metamorpho. Right? Because now he turns himself into some kind of giant... Uh, by Human. using various elements employed in electronic parts, he turns himself into a robot with a light bulb head face. He is a human energy transmitter. Yes. That's very complicated. He's very good at it. He's First had a of lot all, of time to think about this. Yes, but he would have to know how to construct uh, an electronic component and how they all fit together and then and then decide which like my eyeball is going to be the cathode and my tongue is going to be the and all the wiring and all the connections yeah. and everything else yes fascinating mm-hmm. it's too bad he turned to a life of crime right he could do so much good with that uh his. anyway his light bulb head is too hot to handle as rita discovers when she goes for it uh he also neglected to mention that his body now transmits sound waves which can shake Negative Man so that he drops the aforementioned gun. Kind of like an electronic black canary. Exactly like an electronic black canary. Uh, he fires off sound waves, which make them fall to the ground in pain. Larry's Negative Man form shoots out, grabs the gun, takes aim and fires, but it's blocked by the meteorite. Mm-hmm. Now, this is important because mm-hmm. the meteorite does deflect the rays of the gun. Cl- Robot Man smashes the meteorite. I'm sure the museum appreciates that. And Mr. 103 turns into gas and escapes through the skylight. Just call us the Dunce Patrol. Yes, you have a question, Dr. Husband? Uh, I just want to say, I, I know I know it's, this isn't a very popular thing for me to do, but I can't help but keep... I mean, this is our 132nd episode, so yep. I've learned a few things over the years. Mm-hmm. That meteorite, if it truly was that large yes. and hit the Earth... Well, right, right, right. The city would be destroyed, yes. at least. Yes. So mm-hmm. maybe they found it 
in some desolate region. Maybe this is a very old meteorite. This isn't a recent visitor to Earth. Could be. Like at Wyman Woods in my hometown, the, the Wyman Woods was the local park, and there was a boulder there that had been deposited there by the glaciers. Oh. And it was about the size of this. So maybe it was a meteorite that had caused a great deal of destruction, but mm -hmm. then was pushed aside by the glaciers and deposited in central Ohio. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, had a plaque affixed to it to explain how it got there. Well, I'm sorry, you're probably wondering why I'm bringing this up. Mm -hmm. Because I do pay attention to these things, and I'm beginning to look for little things just to annoy you in Thank our you. readings, uh, which I know you appreciate. If we go back to page 12, yes, third panel down, Uh-huh. That rock is a meteorite that landed on Earth about 60 years ago. Right, it may I have said come that. down from our solar system 60 years ago. I said that before. You said what? The 60 years ago. So 60 years ago would have meant that that rock, that size, yeah. if it had crashed into the Earth, would have wiped out a city. Unless, what year is this? 66? 60 years ago. This might be the Tunguska rock. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> don't tell me. I don't know my history. Anyway, Rita heads back home and learns that the yacht is fueled and loaded for their trip to the Greek Isles. Not just yet, Steve. There's something I've got to do first. I'm sorry. He's swooping in for a hug and she stops him with her hand. Yeah. That is a very aggressive kind of thing for the two of them to engage in. On their on honeymoon. honeymoon. Uh, he's lucky she didn't grow her hand to giant size. <laughs> Just cover his whole face. face, right? Smash. Meanwhile, this is important. Here we go. Yes, Shortly, so, as Beast Boy interrupts his guardian. Now, as you recall, <clears throat> Beast Boy has a guardian named Mr. Gulltree, okay. who's uh, a no-good Nick. And Beast Boy suspects that Gulltree is skimming off of Beast Boy's inheritance. Beast Boy's parents were famous scientists. and uh, But there's no proof. Mm -hmm. And so that's how Beast Boy appealed to the Doom Patrol to join them is because he was being so mistreated by his guardian. Right. But they don't believe him either. No. Until now. Right. Because who's outside the window? Rita. Rita. She overhears Gultry on the phone talking to someone named Edwards. Edwards. Just transfer the $200,000 from the boy's account to mine. It's just a brief personal crisis. Don't worry. It's perfectly legal. <laughs> is it, though? Right. Well, that was an exciting end to this issue. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen next? Let's find out. Okay, Doom Patrol number 106. Now, I have to ask you something before yes. we get started. Uh -huh. Are the artists the same from the last issue to this issue? Yes, Bruno Premiani okay. uh, did all of the artwork. Why yeah. do you ask? It's just really cool. Uh, the cover artist is Bob Brown. I don't know. I, I, I like the artwork a lot. The I, you know, these comics from the 60s, when we first started reading them, I had never read them before. And yes. I, I must admit, I was just sort of like going along because it was an interesting activity for us to go through these things. Mm -hmm. I, they are really growing on me. They really Mission are. accomplished. Maybe I will ride a motorcycle one day. Over my dead body. <laughs> If anything it, happens to you because I got you riding a motorcycle and it wasn't something you really wanted to do, uh -huh. I would never forgive myself. Okay. Well, if you ever have a heart attack by reading a shock ending of a 
You'll comic get book than... You'll get over it. No. <laughs> Holy changelings, Mr. 103 is back again, bigger than ever, and he's got negative man in his mighty maw. This is a great cover. Uh, oh, Mr. 103 is uh, got legs of molten sulfur, I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, his torso is half and half lead and diamond. Diamond. Diamonds. And he's got a mighty grimace on his face as Elastigirl swings out of his way on a rope. Where'd she get a rope? Well, this doesn't even happen in the story, so it doesn't matter. This is the magazine that dares to ask the question, can a 60-foot girl with a shape like a dreamboat find romance in the arms of the world's fifth richest snob who can also split mountains with one shot of his mental energy? I love that that intro. So join us on another wild visit to the home of the world's most magnificent misfits in this issue titled Blood Blood Brothers. Brothers. So we start in media race. Thank you. I was about to say that. Uh, the chief is firing his weapon that uh, previously defeated Mr. 103. It's some kind of a freeze ray. Mm-hmm. He shoots it at Robotman, who is frozen in place. Mm-hmm. Then he aims it at Rita. Negativeman tries to stop him. Yes, but she wasn't hurt a bit Mm-mm. because she's wearing a clear plastic raincoat and bonnet. It's a cute little outfit she's got on there. Um, my grandmother, Mrs. White... Mm-hmm had a chest of drawers where she kept little things. She called them... Geegaws. Doomies. No. Oh, doomies. That was... Grandma Robinson called things geegaws, but okay. Mrs. White called them doomies. Okay. And there was a special store, Smile and Scott Products, where she would go to buy these little things and just, you know, pencil cases and those fancy metal lipstick holders and mm-hmm. things. Well, my favorite thing in there was these little plastic... Things they were often in the shape of a little luggage set or something. Okay, and you'd open it up and there'd be a rain hat inside. <laughs> oh, how clever! <laughs> Just carry on your little tiny miniature dollhouse luggage, and then it starts to rain, and then you open it up and you have a rain hat. You know that's something you and I have never discussed. What were you? So would you, did your grandmother show you these things in her drawer? Did she let you go through her drawer? Oh no, you'd have to go when she was downstairs. You'd have to sneak around upstairs. Oh, so you weren't allowed. I don't ever remember being disallowed, nor did I ever ask permission. I just creeped around. My Grammy tutor yes. had a chest of drawers in her bedroom. My grandmother and grandmother slept in separate bedrooms. How shocking. My, my grandfather had sleep apnea, which it wasn't diagnosed back then, but right. he was a tremendously disturbing snorer. Mm-hmm. And I know um, the feeling. slept in the other side of the house. Um and so they slept in different different bedrooms. It was it was you could hear him like if you woke up early in the morning, you could hear him just like saw and, and you'd hear him stop breathing. Just, mm. But they didn't they didn't you know treat people for sleep. Right. They just let them die let die of a heart attack in their sleep like he did. Um, anyway, Grammy Tudor had a drawer, and in the top drawer uh, on one side were all these wonderfully colorful, beautiful silk see-through scarves or I don't know if they're silk or they were some sort of material like bright 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 and she would she'd pull them out and we could play with them and we'd like tie them around our necks or tie them around our heads or we would do magic shows or we would juggle them 
You know, these mm-hmm. scarves. She didn't, she didn't mind if we, we, we played. We had so much fun with Just, these scarves. We'd run around with them, and, you know, in, in our hands and run through the house because they were, they were translucent. They right. were, I don't know what the fabric was, um, but they, and they were so light and airy, and, and you could just, they were so much fun to play with. Maybe they were gossamer. And they smelled of her perfume. So I was going to ask, were they just for play or did she wear them? Oh, no, no. she. Well, I think, you know, so I would have been a child of the 70s. Yes. And these would have been left over from the 1960s. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I don't remember ever seeing her wear them, but they would have been left over. And, and, and bright, bright colors, like bright blue and purple and red and yellow and white. And just some, just imagine, just like, we don't have anything like this, but I can't think of the fabric that it would be like. We just sort of, you throw it in the air and it sort of gently fall down. Oh, they yeah. were so much fun. And she was so good at cards. And Rummy Cube. That's... She kicked my ass year for years on Rummy Cube. Speaking of cards, my father had a top dresser drawer. <laughs> <laughs> we're going blue here, folks. With a deck of cards of uh, topless women photos. The homeliest looking women you ever saw. These were like 19 like before Six, Betty Page. No, no, no. They were 19 there was a 60s influence to the decor. Mm, I'm going to say 50s. Like bear okay. bear rugs and yeah. women dressed in caveman things and well, well, women, kind of uh, those kind of stuffed animals that have a plastic face. Plastic face, yeah. It's disturbing. Anyway, your father had this yes. deck of cards. Well, it disappeared when my parents moved to Florida, and, but I was describing it one day to Dr. Husband, and what do you think? He months was, later. Months later, he was in an antique store, and he said, hey, do you happen to have any 1950s nudie playing cards? Because it was that kind of really fun, cool, kooky shop, and he said, as a matter of fact, I do, and I said, oh my God, I'd never seen them before, but this has got to be what Bob has been describing. Listener. It was the exact same deck. I brought them home for him. I was on a trip, and I brought them home for him as a gift. Oh, I I know it's a bizarre thing, a deck of 1950s nudie cards, but he was over the moon. It's the greatest gift you've ever given me. Yeah. The greatest? And I must say, since it was 1950s, these were not like hardcore. No, no, were, no. Very tame by yeah. our standards. Yes, yes. Um, anyway, Mr. 103, who can change himself into one of Earth's 103 elements, had one weak spot. He couldn't resist this ray that the chief produced using an element from another star system. Well, it turns out that Mr. 103 has stolen a chunk of the meteorite from last issue. Right. And with an unknown element contained in that meteorite, he can uh, recreate a structure that can resist the ray and that's what rita's raincoat is made out of yes so now they're in trouble because uh mr 103 will be unbeatable now indeed speaking of trouble steve's due home in 20 minutes and rita hasn't even started dinner yet you know what she needs Uh, An an instant pot Oh, or witch powers, or witch yes, powers, that'll yes. do. Um, it's too bad she's all she's left with is a house full of servants who could do her bidding at any time. But she prefers to cook herself. I, you know, I could just this this panel down here where she's boiling potatoes, uh-huh. starting the chops. Uh-huh. I'm assuming they're either pork chops or lamb chops. Right. She tosses a salad uh-huh. and then she opens a can of artichokes. Ugh. 
with her giant hand. Her giant. She doesn't have time to use the can opener. So she's, she's so for dinner, they're going to have some form of chops, meat yes. chops, tossed salad, canned artichokes, and, and boiled, boiled potatoes. potatoes. That sounds so 1960s. And um, then she does something that we do nightly. All, all the time. The uh, cork breaks inside the wine bottle. And for some reason, she's unable to just push it down inside unless she shrinks herself to tiny size and jumps up and down on top of it. So, of course, you know if the cork breaks inside the bottle and you can't get it out. You simply back out the corkscrew and then you can use the corkscrew with the thing extended to gently push the cork down into the bottle. But she apparently doesn't know that. She has to shrink herself down to size and then jump into the bottle and push it down. I'm not even sure how she does that. I don't know how she has the force to push that. Well... You know, you can also just stick your thumb down in there and push it down. If no, not neither one of our thumbs. Our thumbs are too. Well, big she's that. a lady. She has dainty thumbs. She might break uh, certainly. Finger. Well, that's got to be. You could more also of, use the back end of a spoon. You could turn a spoon upside right. down and push down. You could do anything that you know. Or you could shrink yourself to tiny size and just jump up and down on top of the cork. Well, she just knew that there were cameras in there, and she's like, "Look what I could do." Well, then what happens? She's clearly going to fall into the bottle of wine. Which I thought would have been a really funny thing for her to like take a giant sip and then come out drunk. <laughs> or drown or have to grow and smash and ruin Could all the wine. Could you imagine Steve coming home and seeing his wife drown dead in a bottle of wine? Tiny, tiny size. Tiny size. Barrier in a shoebox Barrier with Beast Boy. Barrier in a matchbox next to Beast Boy. <laughs> so she has created a formal dinner for two all on her own. And then she leads him seductively into the living room and gets on his lap for a smooch so can i just say something look at that panel with her on his lap mm -hmm. it's so strangely drawn the upper torso i have looked at it and looked at it and looked at it and it looks like she has halved her body into his like melded her upper torso into his right or it looks like he's wearing the skirt and pumps and <laughs> she's got the yeah look he's wearing spats in his own house a smoking jacket and spats this dick. Uh, well, the the work, the, the life of the rich. Yes. Uh, now she's got him buttered up. Mm -hmm. Steve, baby, I've been thinking about Beast Boy. He dumps her on the floor right, right off away, his lap. Right on her butt. Now get this, sweetheart, for all time. I don't care what happens to that teenage brat. Uh, even though Rita now has overheard that Beast Boy's guardian is skimming his inheritance. Right, she knows he's stealing from the kid's inheritance, and he says, "Forget it. That's just to dodge. Um, that's just to dodge a kid used to gain sympathy and get admitted to the Doom Patrol." Okay, let him join up. They'll need a new member to replace you. Look at that. He is raising the stakes. What do you mean, Mister Dayton? She says, "Tell it to the hand." Look at that hand in his face. We agree that you have your work and I have mine, and if you don't like it, you can lump it. And off she goes back to the Doom Patrol headquarters. I'll send for my things in the morning, and then we get a little interesting tidbit in the mirror. Yes. I don't know where this is going. Steve is looking at himself in the mirror. Nice going, Steveykins. You make a great member of our State Department. With you there, I figure we could unload every ally in 12 hours. Cheers, Mr. Ambassador. Well, if I'd read it in your voice, I would have understood it right away. I was thinking that he was actually 
potentially some sort of government agent and that's what he was planning to do. But when you read it perfectly right now, he was criticizing himself for not handling that right. well. Okay. And now, in fairness, uh, they miss... Uh, the grammar is odd because he says you make a great member. It should say you would make a great member. And that would uh, clear when it. I read you make a great member of the state department, I thought, Oh, he's got a secret. He's not telling her. That's why he went to work on a Sunday. And that will be a plot line for later on. That's what I thought when I read, oh, that. you know, no, you know how, I I could, how, how I misconstrued that. Sure. Sure. Yeah, sure. Okay. Anyway, Rita's sopping her eyes out back at doom patrol headquarters. Uh, poor girl. Chief. She has to lean on Chief. Yeah, he's uh, trying negative to negative man who's a closeted homosexual, <laughs> <laughs> and and Cliff who only has a human brain. Right. Um, oh, I meant to mention that when she's storming out of the house, uh, Steve says other women get angry and go home to Mamba, but you go home to Foxy Grandpa and his Brotherhood of Basket Cases. Mm. Well, I was. Uh, thinking that was unusual that Steve thought the chief was Foxy. But actually, I read in my Google research that Foxy Grandpa was a comic strip that ran from 1901 to 1918, oh. which inspired a Broadway show. Called and Foxy Grandpa? Yes. No! And, yes! No! Well, in 1901, okay. Foxy would have meant clever. So, yeah. Okay. Um, also, a series of silent movies. So instantly recognizable cultural reference to children in the 1960s. <laughs> At that moment, in the stone forest of a great cemetery, a whale-like figure walks in silent reverence. May I? Uh, I'm sorry. I, I'm, we'll come right back to that. Yes. Just go back one page. Yes. Just quickly glance at all the artwork on that page. Yeah. It was at this page that I just said, God, I just really love this art. Yeah. I especially like put Steve in the mirror with his mm -hmm. glass of whiskey or whatever it is. I love her body posturing as she's walking away with the, with her um, her bag. Mm -hmm. I just it's, it's great. I love when she's got her hand in his face and, and he's falling down in the chair. Mm -hmm. Just fantastic. Do you love uh, the chief's face? The chief's talking face right talking into right. Robot Man's yes. chest plate. Yeah, and and that Robotman, you can't see all of him. It's great. Now this is very clever. I love this headquarters. Uh, so in the cemetery is a huge. Uh, monument which says M. Ross, 103rd Division, died fighting for his country, 1918 to 1945. Rest in peace. 44. 44. But the uh, whale-like figure that's walking through presses a button that he has on his person, and the thing splits in half, and so the left half says Mr. 103. Because it said M. Ross, mm -hmm. 130. Yeah, mm. you got it. You get it. I thought you were going to tell me that the M. Ross actually referred to an artist or a writer or something. Oh, like no. I just like how it's close. It's like a, uh, what they call it in Mad Magazine, the fold-in thing. Oh, the, the Al Jaffe oh, yes. fold-in. Oh, where you'd, those were great. I'll say, you know, he just died recently. Mm. 100 years old. So Mr. 103 is apparently a genie in a bottle, baby. Yeah, he's inside some kind of a... Uh, what do you call those gas things chamber. on the telephone poles? The glass things on insulator. the... Insulator. A glass insulator. Um, you know I have a whole box of those. I know you do. What do you know what I want to do with them? No, I don't. I want to find a way to drill through the top of the glass, which yeah. you can do through the glass bit, and wire them and yeah. hang them in our big, big tree out front yeah. and have a permanent light installation where the lights are 
in are, are like wired through the glass insulators and then sealed off on the top so that and then run a wire out there so that we could light it year round it'd be like christmas every day i think it'd be so cool well next weekend's open maybe you can work on it then Sorry, my stomach just growled. I just heard it go, Whoa. I hope that doesn't come across in the recording because I'm certainly not going to bother to edit anything. <laughs> Mr. 103 is getting some kind of treatment inside this glass bottle. Oh, God, I could use a treatment these days. Um, my pores are not feeling very Which good. this whale-like figure has interrupted. Anyway, he's got a bouquet of flowers in his hand, which we see on close-up is wrapped in dollar bills. Dollar bills. $10,000 bills, to be precise. Well, they're probably $100 bills. They are from an unknown benefactor um, who has asked if he can visit Mr. 103. Mr. 103 refuses. I don't want any strangers prying and poking around here. And this messenger says, well, that's the deal. He sees you now or no more money. Mm. Uh, Mr. 103 attacks the messenger. Well, you know what they say. Don't kill the messenger. Don't kill the messenger because the benefactor appears. It's Galtry. Who is the caretaker? Caretaker? Guardian. Guardian. Guardian of Beast Boy. Yes. Uh, Mr. 103 is not impressed. What do you want? What is it you want in this partnership? Only to serve you, my lord. <laughs> to see that the world's greatest being achieves all that he sets out to do. You Liar. lie. Yep. You're a self-seeker. Every inch of you reeks of self-seeking. You don't need money, so what are you after? I love that. Every inch of you reeks of self-seeker. It's like a Joan uh, Crawford movie. Right? You, yeah, have you reek of it. Have you ever encountered somebody who you could, um, in spite of what they say to you, you could absolutely read their motives? Uh, yes, several times. Yeah, me too. Um, I, this... With the so horrible the extreme face of, of Mr. 103. So, so uh, cool. Galtry admits he wants the Doom Patrol dead. Never again able to meddle in my personal existence. That's it? That's, that's what you're paying yeah, me for? That's yeah. what he's paying Mr. <laughs> you 103. You idiot. You imbecile. You subnormal numbskull <laughs> of an idiot. <laughs> that is something that I would have paid you for. I live for nothing else to destroy each of them. Ho, ho, ho. And Galtry could have said... Oh, in that case, may I have my money back, please? Now, uh, in the car, the messenger with Galtry yes. uh, says, You lied to him, Galtry. It's not the Doom Patrol you're after. It's your green-skinned ward, Garfield. Indeed. You suspect he's involved with them somehow, remember, because uh, he's got the purple mask on, so Galtry doesn't realize that Beast Boy is part of the Doom Patrol. Obviously, he's never seen Beast Boy change, otherwise Ooh. he'd know right away. Yes. Uh I'm not even sure that he knows that Beast Boy has powers, actually. Oh, okay. At this point in comics history. Uh, Garfield is the one you want dead before he proves that you're robbing his estate blind. Uh, you shut your mouth, fat man. I hired you for the job. Oh, this must be Edward that he was on the phone with. Because it says, I hired you for the job. Oh, never mind. I'm reading too much. It says C Doom Patrol number one hundred three, but that was not the previous issue, so it's not. No, well, no, no, no. When when Arita was on looking inside the window, yeah, Galtry was actually talking on the phone to this man to give him money 
to get in to see Mr. 103. But it's but here Galtry says, I hired you for the job of killing Garfield. Oh. And then it says, see Doom Patrol number 103, which okay. would have been two issues ago, three okay. issues ago. Anyway, outside Doom Patrol headquarters, they're all loading into the jet car, uh, including Beast Boy. Mm-hmm. They head for the Milton Gardens Sports Arena, which is closed and soon to become a supermarket. I which wonder which we, supermarket would be. Uh, where are they? Somewhere on the East Coast. I don't know. Hmm. Wouldn't be Wegmans. a Piggly. Uh, not a Wegmans. Did Wegmans exist Safe in the way. 60s? Big I Bear, idea. I would say. Mm-hmm. Or Giant Eagle. Um, Chief has detected more road radioactivity coming from this closed sports arena. And as they enter the lobby, Robotman is plucked up by a giant magnet. Also, Negative Man is trapped, uh, trapped by in a giant lead bell, bell thing. Good, 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 good. And Elastigirl and Beast Boy are knocked out by gas. Yep. The Very end. Very quick. The end. It's not really the end. Yep. Whole Doom Patrol is trapped. Robot Man, however, uses the magnetism of his feet. Yes. To out magnetize what is was holding his back. Uh, the magnets holding his back. Yeah. Well, he puts his feet on top of a metal pole that's beneath him and frees himself from the giant magnet. Then he does some clever acrobatics and comes after Mister One Hundred Three with a headbutt, but Mister One Hundred Three converts his body to copper, which Gives Cliff a nice ringing pain in his human brain. Mm. What? Copper is a metal. Yes. It also isn't as hard as steel. Well, but if your um, whole body was made of copper. I guess solid copper. Also, steel is not an element, so... Oh, you're right. It's an amount. It's sort of, uh, it's yeah. Whatever they call it. Alloy. Alloy. Uh, Robot Man winds up for a punch, and now Mr. 103 has turned himself into soft, sticky clay. Which is also not an element. It is well, an alloy. It is a, he, right, it's mm-hmm. an alloy. But we've seen that he has very fine control of his I'll say. He turned himself into a computer. And now uh, Robot Man is trapped. His arms and feet trapped inside the body of the clay, Mr. 103. Right. Meanwhile, at Doom Patrol headquarters, Mento has come to get his wife to come home with him. He's now dressed in his Mento costume. I'd love to have a helmet just like that. Um, For a motorcycle? With the two little... Two little antenna. antenna yeah. Um, Mento is mad that the chief has sent Rita out on a mission, and he says, listen, I don't send them anywhere. They go where they must because of who they are. And you'd better understand, Mento, if you want to hang on to Rita. Anyway, Mento says he's going to go get Rita, and that's the end of it. And off he goes. So then we go back to the sports arena. Where, yes. <laughs> where Robotman is... Um, he's is freed himself from the clay. And spinning around Mr. 103 like a WWF television championship. <laughs> and he flings Mr. 103 towards a column... But Mr. 103 turns into gas and is not harmed by the throw. Robotman is exhausted. Not physically exhausted, mentally exhausted. He can't quite figure out what to do because every time he thinks he's going to land a punch with this guy or um, he changes himself in some way, only to find himself, as he's thinking about this, in one of those compromising positions I spoke of earlier. Right. 
Now, you said he wasn't physically exhausted, but he is panting here. Yeah, what's up with that? Surely he doesn't breathe through his mouth. Maybe it's just he's just perceiving that he's... Well, that could be. He does have a human brain, and his brain would need to be supplied with oxygen. I just don't envision him with like a fully functioning respiratory system mm. that would cause him to pant mm-hmm. when exhausted. Nor do I envision him being exhausted because he's a robot. Uh, Mr. 103, this is exactly like a wrestling match. Mr. 103 turns into a giant lead hulk and plops down on top of Robot Man in uh, the aforementioned position of... Yes, grabs him by the skull and proceeds to rip his head off. I got really excited because in the following panel, Robot Man's head is still dangling by wires from his neck, and I was hoping that he'd spend the rest of the issue that way. Yes. And would just, like, fling his head around yes. as a weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this is dangerous because Robot Man has a human head, and if it's severed from human these... Human brain. Human brain. If it's severed from these wires, his brain will die. Mm-hmm. And thus, he will die. Well, here comes Mento. He lifts Mr. 103 into the air with his psychokinetic powers. Mr. 103 can change his body to billions of droplets of pure nitric acid. So, of course, um, Steve runs away, or Mento runs away. Yeah. Um, So, now Mr. 103 becomes a slinky man. Arms, legs, and torso all made of slinky material. That would be kind of fun to do. I'll say. Boing, 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 boing. Uh, He rips off Mento's Mento helmet. And destroys it. Yep. Now, I'm assuming that Mento can no longer use his powers if he doesn't have that magnifying, the amplification helmet. It's all from his helmet. Then, Then Mr. 103 makes what he believes to be a fantastic move, but it becomes a nearly fatal mistake. He becomes a living, breathing, atomic pile. One hug of my radioactive arms, Mento, and you will be burned to a crisp. Now, Negative Man has the new, improved freeze ray, which he shoots at Mr. 103. Uh, Mr. 103 is unaffected because... He's now incorporated that meteorite material into his own body. By swallowing it. By swallowing it. During the fight, however, uh, Foxy Grandpa is... is uh, Foxy Grandpa is back at the lab. Back at the lab, and he's hard at work. Um, so this plastic from the meteorite, although it does repel the ray, once the freeze ray hits this material, the molecules are locked in. It prevents Mr. 103 from changing form. Yes. Which, which is going is to be a problem for him. All well and good, except that he's a living atomic pile, so that's probably not good for the rest of the world either. He's heating up. He's heating up. Uh, Robot Man and Negative Man play a little game of catch with the giant atomic pile, because apparently they're impervious to radiation. Uh, but he's stuck in this form. And he laments that the radioactive element that now composes my body is burning up. Unless I change form very soon, there will be nothing left of me. He's being consumed. Right. And um, so, is it Larry? Yeah. Uh, Larry turns to 
Cliff and speaks into the radio trans the television transmitter to Chief, who's watching this live. Yeah. He says, Chief, this, this is true. He's being consumed. He says, yes, Larry, radioactive material is self-destroying. But there's a way to break through those frozen atoms of his. I discovered it just seconds ago. Well, this is literally unfolding right between right I'll before say, their eyes. Uh, so Robot Man heads off to the corner to get the secret uh, antidote from Chief. And moments later, comes back in. But first, Mr. 103, if we save your life, you will surrender. That's the deal. Mr. 103 gave his, gives his word, which, as we know, the word of criminals is worth less than nothing. Mm-hmm. The big secret, a paper cup full of water hmm. splashed right onto Mr. 103, and that frees him up to change form. And he takes the opportunity to change into a giant horror-faced balloon <laughs> and fly out the window. Away. Um. So, heading back to the headquarters, Rita reveals that Galtry is indeed not only the money behind Mr. 103, but stealing money from Garfield. Yeah. Later, at the Dayton mansion, Steve makes a call to Milton. Uh, Milton apparently is a detective, and Steve wants him to put his entire detective agency on the case. He doesn't care what it costs. He wants the information that will prove what a thief Galtry is. Mm-hmm. Rita and Garfield are standing nearby. And Rita says, you see, Garfield, in a few days, we'll be able to free you from that man. And he says to her, he says back to her, what's the catch? You're not doing this for nothing. Who do I have to kill? You can start with Steve. Right. he's being a jerk. Jerk, as usual. Um, so it's a light, nice little domestic scene, isn't it? But what you've just seen is the lighted fuse on a bomb that may soon threaten the world. We kid you not. So stay tuned. There you go. The end. The The real end. Real end. Well, this little domestic story will continue Mm -hmm. in the next issue, but we didn't have time to do four issues this week, did we? No. So we'll come around to Doom Patrol again in, I don't know, a year and a half. (laughs) Just mentally, you know, write this down on a little card in your head and file it away. Or, you know, you can always go back and listen to old episodes if we come up on something that you don't recognize. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you Mm -hmm. get your podcasts from. You can listen to Dr. Husband's very own podcast, Liberally Speaking. You can find us on social media at GoGoCheckPod. I'm working on a new episode. You can make your very own iced coffee. And make clinkling ice noises all through listening to our podcast. And you can find us right back here next week. Looking forward to it. Bye. Bye. It's time to give our love a chance.